you cannot legislate that everything is going to be equal for everybody because everybody's not equal. They may be equal in terms of their value as a human being. Yes. But they're not equal in math skills. They're not equal in how fast they run. They're not equal in creativity. They're not equal. Everybody has their own value, but that doesn't mean their marketable skills in an open society, in an open market, are going to be the same. I just think if you're in your life and there's you don't have something that you're passionate about, if there's not something where you wake up every day and there's nothing in your life that you're excited to do, man, you need to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Because if, if all you're doing is just grinding it out, you get up every day, go to a job you don't like, do tasks you don't care to do, and come home to a home you don't want to come home to and wait to get up and do it again the next day, you're burning daylight. What the hell existence is that? Find something. I don't care if it's gardening or music or art or athletics or something. Find something you're excited to do. People don't want to look at things for how they are. They want to look at things for how they want them to be something and you're good at it, you can accept not being good at other things. It's right. much easier. If you find a thing that you're good at, whether mm. it's gymnastics or singing or painting, if you can find a thing that you're good at, it'll make you, it'll give you a, a, a feeling of self-worth and you won't need to be good at everything. Yeah. You can accept and you can enjoy other people being good at things as well. I don't understand. It just seems like you got to find your own lane. So I got myself into a lane where I talk for a living. I read, I talk. I, it's yes. qualitative, not quantitative. Find what you're good at at a given time and do what you're good at. Yeah, find something you love, find something you're passionate about and that you could also excel at. Expose yourself to different things with that very purpose of finding something that you love. Because yeah. there's something out life. there. Yes. There's something out there. Not everybody is meant to be an athlete. So, okay, look, go, go do something else. Yeah. Be good at what you're good at. You and if you really want to do it, well, you've got a long road. It's a, a greased hill. Yeah. Start running. Everything's not for everybody. So find what you're good at and watch yourself achieve in that lane. They took students into class where they put the steps of learning the information so close together that there was never a failure experience. It would say the War of 1812 happened in 1812. Then the next thing would say the War of 1812 happened in blank. You fill in 1812. They would teach the information and they would teach it to criteria where y you mastered the information, you had it 100%. And they said, wow, this is great. Everybody learned it, so everybody made 100. Everybody got the information. They truly did learn it. There was no question about it. They learned the information. And so they did great. And then they took them out of that program and put them back in the regular classroom. And the first time they came to questions they didn't know the answer to, the first time they didn't get 100, 
they came apart like a cheap suit. They panicked. They didn't know how to handle adversity. They didn't mm. know how to handle it when they didn't have the right answers. They didn't learn how to not be perfect. So they scrapped the whole program because they said, you can't do this because that's not the way life is. Right. You're not teaching them how the real world works. Those kids were absolutely screwed up when they got into a truly competitive environment. It can't be success only. I mean, the, the whole idea about school is you're supposed to be setting kids up for the future. You're supposed to be teaching them not just information, but teaching them how to learn and how to improve. It's very simple in that somebody will have a complex thing that comes from childhood or maybe it's a drug background or they've had trauma in their life. But the solution is change your behavior. I mean, stop rewarding bad behavior. Choose a different path in life. Just behave your way to success. Sometimes the solutions are very simple, even though the, the problems are very complex, because at some point you have to stop focusing on why and start focusing on what. Instead of why it happened, what am I gonna do to change it? So sometimes the solutions are pretty simple. I don't think problems are simple at all. In fact, I think problems are really, most of the time, pretty complex pretty layered. They have a lot of different origins. They're oftentimes comorbid. A lot of things exist together. So I don't think problems are simple at all. But the solutions are often simple, don't you think? Yeah, it's. it just seems that people have, uh, they have this comfort in their patterns. And even if their patterns are self-destructive, even if it's drug abuse or alcoholism or those, those the comfort <clears throat> in those patterns, falling into those patterns, it seems very compelling to a lot of people. Yeah, and payoffs don't necessarily mean that it's a positive payoff. Right. I mean, a payoff for taking heroin is you get high, and so you're high for a while. That's not a positive payoff, but it's a payoff. Right. And if you, if you get high and so you don't get a job and you don't take care of your kids, that's a payoff that you're not doing things that you need to do that you should be accountable for. It's a pathological payoff, but it's a payoff nonetheless. And so that does reward you, even though it's a pathological payoff. The next year is going to go by whether you're doing something about your life or not. I mean, we're, we're sitting here right now at the end of February, and the next 10 months are going to go by whether somebody is working to make change or whether they're not. And they may think, you know, oh my God, I'm so far overweight, I'll never get it under control, or I'm so behind in my bills, or I'm so, uh, you know, just depressed, or I, my, everything is so out of control. Well, you know what? You make those incremental changes, and then, you know, pretty soon in December you go, hey, I'm way better off than I was at the end of February. So, shit, we, you made little changes, and they all added up. And if you don't, by the end of the year, you're just in deeper. So every little bit matters. I mean, just sitting around dreaming, someday, you know, mm. I mean, someday I'm going to get a different job. Someday I'm going to change this. Well, someday ain't a day of the week. You know, there's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Look on your calendar. Someday's not on there. So you, you got to say, okay, I'm going to take this small step by here, this small step by there, this small step by there. And then pretty soon, you know, we don't leap tall buildings in a single bound, we take it a floor at a time. The difference between winners and losers is winners do things losers do not want to do. They, they will get up in the middle of the night. They will do this, they will do that. 
they feel it more. They just do things losers don't want to do. They'll yeah. pay a price losers just don't want to pay. Yeah. And losers say it's just not worth it. And every winner has been a loser. Oh, well, that's what made him a winner. If you go through life as in a success-only journey, God, how boring would that be? I mean, you think it would be great, but it's right. like eating ice cream every meal. But uh, it's incremental changes over the long haul, and the way you have to look at it is if these two boats are going in a parallel direction, and one of them just shifts five degrees mm -hmm. over the course of time, this boat is going to be <clears> in a far different place than the other boat that's going the same way it was always going. The problem that kids make, and because I, I know I did it, and is you compare your personal truth, what you know about yourself, and you know how you really live, and what's really going on. You compare your personal truth to everybody else's social mask. Because you go to school and you know, well, I know that last night the windows got kicked out of my house. I know that the utilities got turned off. And I know there was a big fight in my kitchen last night. And the kid sitting next to me, he's got on a shirt that's all ironed and his face is all bright and clean. And, you know, he looks like he's just got it all together and you compare yourself to that person, that kid, and you feel like you're second class. And the problem with that is we generate the results in life we think we deserve. So if you think you're damaged, you think you're second class, you will generate results that you think a second class person deserves. Mm. So if you don't fix your personal truth, then you'll spend the rest of your life saying, well, you know, those really good results, those belong for somebody else. That's mm. not for me. That's for somebody else. And you'll settle for second best, and you won't get what you might otherwise generate for yourself if you don't fix your personal truth. And so I think a lot of people are struggling, looking for a way to kind of get out of feeling not good about themselves and damage self-esteem, damage self-worth, and they really don't know where to go. I think we learn about ourselves, and you know everybody talks about self-esteem and self-worth, but nobody ever talks about what it really is or how we get it. And I, I think I think about it in terms of self-attribution, because you know how you form opinions of other people. Like if you look at this guy, and you you maybe you work with this guy, and so you watch him across a couple of years. And maybe this guy shows up to work every day and he's there 15 minutes early and he unlocks the place, gets everything ready, puts the coffee on, has his desk ready, he's all buttoned up and man, when the bell rings, he's ready to go. And you just learn that this guy's buttoned up, ready to go, dependable, never misses, he's always there. So you attribute certain traits and characteristics to him based on your observations of him and your experience of him. Based on that, you assign certain traits and characteristics to him. But I say that's exactly the same way we form our own self-image and our own level of self-worth. We watch ourselves go through life and we watch how we handle certain circumstances and situations. Because if you overindulge your children and do everything for them, you never let them observe themselves master their environment. You never let them step back and say, wow, I did that. Mm. I built this. I overcame that. I handled this. I did that. And so we, 
that's the same way we make our own self-image and level of self-worth. We watch ourselves overcome the third grade. We watch ourselves stand up to a bully. We watch ourselves handle a test with the information that intimidated us. Or we watch ourselves make it onto the Little League baseball team and actually get a hit when we needed to. Or we watch ourselves get onto the debate team and actually argue something successfully, whether it's academic or athletic or musical. We watch ourselves do it, and so we go back and say, hey, I did that. I attribute to myself the ability. I can hang. I can do this. I can rise to the occasion. Or we watch ourselves fold like a pup tent in a windstorm and say, you know, I, I can't hang. I don't have it. And we make those attributions to ourselves, and so we shrink from the challenge for the rest of our lives until, like you said, it's hard to overcome that. And something pushes you up until you finally observe yourself overcome something. And I think that's how we form our level of self-esteem and our identity about who we are. And I don't think most people think about that. They look back and say, okay, how did I... How did I get to be Joe Rogan as I sit in that chair? You have a self-image, you have a level of confidence, an ego strength, a level of self-worth. That's attributable to things you've watched yourself do or not do, achieve, not achieve, overcome, or whatever throughout your life. And, and I think to know yourself, you have to know what those things are.